Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Worship prepares your heart yes. to receive the word. Mm-hmm. Prepares, prepares you. So. Yeah, so it, it, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I was reflecting earlier, and you're just looking at how I believed through this process, God was preparing me to reveal him, more of himself to me. And I think that's what I went through, you know, just the time of just praying and worshiping. And it was just things were just flowing that I know was from God, you know, just his embrace, his, his, his assurance, mm. right? His assurance was, was an amazing thing that I experienced throughout this time. Uh, you know, and that that was profound. Well, yeah, and that assurance, well, we were just talking before this segment, you know, uh, uh, as we're looking at the photos yes. and whatnot that, that, that were rolling, and, you know, you, you, you went back to the hospital when you dropped me off. Yep. Not knowing what was going to happen, what the outcome of that would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, of course, you, you welled up with tears. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think I had to, I was talking to myself about, okay, let's get ourselves ready, you know, because that, it, 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 daddy was scary. It was real scary, you know, and. <laughs> he heard him. He slipped into daddy, so this is personal. Let's get a, uh, a mic stand so I can put this on the mic stand and. Have it, my it, hands it, free. That's what's nice about being live. We could do that. It, it did. It got, it got, it got real scary. You yeah. know, um, I just, you know, just God, is, you know, in spite of God is so good. And, uh, you know, nobody can tell me different, uh, you know, because like I said, I don't get caught up in the whole idea of the determination of the body. You know, as long as my soul is great, my spirit is, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, I don't get caught up in that end date because God is bigger than that end date. So, uh, you know, in spite of, it's, 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 I'm good. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's great. I, you yeah. know, and, and we were talking about, you know, should I put up a podium for New Year's Eve? Yes. Stand there and do a message, which is, you know, what people were used to all this time, for both of us, whether you're in the Long Island campus. But I thought it'd be great to end this year, you know, um, the way we've been doing it. And I think it's been a great opportunity for us to interact to, to bring you before uh, our congregation, our community, our family of faith, and to let them experience God's anointing upon your life. So I'm uh, really proud of you, man. Thank you. Thank you, you know, very Besides much. stepping into the operations and all that, <laughs> I think it's important because, you know, even while I was in the hospital and quarantine, um, things continued. And that's the mark of a solid ministry. Yep. That, you know, timeless fundamental number four, yep. strength Same beyond the presence of any, any one individual. individual. Or piece and of everybody equipment. stepped up and, yep. and you know, um, so I'm very proud of our staff, our team, uh, media, because they are really, really in gear, yes. you know, considering, you know, how we're communicating right now. Pastoral care department. Um, we, I got the numbers back. Uh, we ministered to, and, and this is documented, I just got it from Annette and her, her team, 96,050 people wow. that we fed 96, this year. 96,050 96, people. people that we fed this year. And that's what's documented. There were other people mm-hmm. beyond that. So over 100,000 that we just don't have, you know, documentation for yes. because they were just moving fast. <laughs> and, uh, and that's we as not just 
you know, Dr. Renard saying we, but we as a ministry. So thank yeah. you for yeah. uh, helping us be able to meet the needs of the people. Absolutely. And also, uh, Annette, I, I mean, I, and, I, and I just give her the, the, the honor because she works so hard. And this yep. is her passion, mm -hmm. you know, Annette Bernard. And she wrote out grants and we were able to receive $78,000 in grant money. Wow. from different organizations who partner along with us in order to make this food distribution possible. And it, we have to expand our pantry now yep. because the lines are longer. There are more people in need. And we, we just have to keep growing with the demands. You know, and uh, Dario and, and his family, mm -hmm. and, you know, your nieces and <laughs> nephews, uh, Keith White, who is now, mm -hmm. you know, overseeing our social justice initiative. Um, just incredible individuals who really poured their heart out yep. for the people. We really showed the love, the life, and the light of Christ uh, through humanita humanitarian works. And, and amazing, because I was there a couple of times, and just the, the atmosphere that's created by the team doesn't that makes people feel comfortable asking for help. Yeah. You know, you got individuals, they're driving up in, you know, a, a BMW, Mercedes-Benz, and people say, why are you driving up and you're getting help? That, that might be paid off, and, you know, they still go home to nothing in the cabinet, you know, and but we still gave. We didn't judge, you know, and, and God's not calling us to check the bake records and check, you know, if they come in here genuinely, they, uh, and it made the environment so Warm. Well, it's interesting because Jesus did not respond to the poor based upon their moral condition. <laughs> yep. He, Say that he again. He responded based <laughs> upon their needs. Yes. You understand? Yes. And out of his own love. Yep. So he's not judging them when they're, whether they're morally competent enough to receive his love. No. Yep. I'll say that again. If they were morally competent <laughs> and, and we to do receive that. You know, his love. That's yeah, profound we, right we there. Do, we, we do that. We, yes. You know, uh, we, we tend to think that way. And no, not at all. There, there are no moral conditions. Yeah. And, 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 and this talks about, once again, talking about the church because Rick Warren put out an article and I'm just going to paraphrase uh, the article. And he said that the problem with a lot of these churches, you know, and this talks about how you've done such an excellent job building such a strong foundation, not just in the corporately, but in the members as they watch and observe. He said that the churches that are pushing and getting mad because the doors can't open are the, you know, are, are, are the ones. The ones that want to get back into yeah, the building. Yeah, to get back in the building. Not all of them. So it's not a blank statement for those who are watching. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was because they were building their ministry on that, you know, just basic worship in the building, you know, the concert feel and stuff like that. But he said in the long term, there's not a lot of depth in the individuals. And if you're not teaching them, you don't create a, a group of individuals that's following your ministry that's mature enough to understand that there are decisions being made for a particular reason. And as long as we're getting fed as a ministry, they're going to they're be good. And it was a, that was a profound, powerful statement that he said. You know, he got flack for it from a lot of ministries sure, because he's in California. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of those churches are in California that are, are arguing. I, I, look, you know, teaching ministries were not in a hurry to get back into nope. the building uh, because it's about fortifying mm -hmm. the people and taking the time to really unpack the word of God and make disciples because yep. that's what disciple is, discipleship is all about. It's about rooting them and grounding them in, in, in the faith and in the knowledge of God. You know, uh, and Satan uses the blindness of human beings. He is blinded. I love Paul's uh, uh, words in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of men. So mm -hmm. spiritual blindness 
is a tool that Satan uses yes. to unbelievers and also there are times when he does it to believers yes. because of areas of their lives that are not submitted to God. Mm. So it's open. Because of We're going to get a lot of stuff in, Areas in their life that are not submitted tonight. to God. And you, you see that. You see, the church has been shaken. Yeah. This time has shaken the church uh, from COVID to the race issue, you know, to even you know, the, the, the president election issue has really shaken up the church. And what you're starting to see is the emergence of some sound, consistent voices. And, and that's what we need. Mm -hmm. We need voices that are, 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 are reasonable. And, and I want to go into some text because we want to you know, talk about yes. the climate of 2020. Yep. And then we want to talk about our theme for next year, yes, which is one word, resilience, yes. <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, so we want to cover both of those things within, within the time frame that we have. You know, but when I think about where we are, and I, I you know, that, that whole theme of darkness that I encountered when I was in a hospital with COVID, you know, it really caused me to live in Ephesians 6.12 since then. Yeah. So since uh, the first week of April, when I was in the hospital and came out, I have been living in Ephesians 6.12 and allowing the Holy Spirit to really give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation as it relates to that passage. And you know, that's a very familiar passage. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers, authorities, uh, rulers of the darkness of this world, the powers, you know, um, and, and understanding that. Because remember, in, in, in 2019, we had that spiritual warfare course. Mm -hmm. yep. And that really opened the eyes of those who attended and our congregation as a whole uh, to certain realities. So when I think about, you know, you and I were talking about the words. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, if, if you, to mind. you describe 2020, yeah. you know, what are the words you would use to Well, the describe? first word is gratitude. Gratitude? <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's different because for you to say gratitude as a word to describe 2020, there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. I am grateful. I am grateful to be alive, grateful to be here talking to you, to... Uh, experience health and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and God's love and his life and his light in my life, in mm -hmm. my family. Yep. You know, I'm grateful for the congregation, the ministry, as we've been able to continue and keep people engaged and connected and grow. You know, uh, I, in other word, uh, gratitude. So it's all about perspective, saints. It's all about perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So gratitude, yes. you know, a, a grateful heart. I think about threat and promise because the whole year was filled with threats, yes. you know, yep. against our mm -hmm. health, against the economy, uh, against our political system, mm -hmm. against our social systems and structures that were found to be deficient or, or inequitable mm -hmm. uh, as it relates to certain people, our healthcare system, all of these systems and structures, you know, uh, so were threatened. Yes. And we felt threatened. So I think of, uh, uh, of threat and promise mm -hmm. because it also gave us a, a promise to change, to, to push for the necessary changes that need to be made in our social systems and structures, our government, our yes. healthcare system, everything else. So, you know, it presented both threat and promise. Yep. And, and uh, if I get add to that, adversity and opportunity. Adversity, adversity with opportunity. Adversity with opportunity. Adver adversity with opportunity. Some people just see the adversity, but with every adversity comes opportunity. Yes. 
there is something that you can see within what's happening mm -hmm. that actually can be converted. Yes. All right. When God looked at the world and decided <laughs> to send his only son. All right. So that we might be born again, mm -hmm. converted. He saw conversion. Yes. As the answer. Yep. Motivated by love. All right. But converting. He, he saw what was wrong. He saw the chaos. And he sought to convert it. Yes. And so when you think about adversity, you think that along with that comes opportunity. And that's why he said perspective is everything. Yeah. And, and it's so true because I, I talked to a couple of individuals and they are actually prospering because they looked at this and said, okay, where's the opportunity in this? Yeah. You know, that's the first question they said. They didn't get mad and say, oh my God, what's going to happen? Where are we going? He's like, okay, no, let me see. What, what's going on? Where's the, uh, there goes the opportunity. And they went after it. <laughs> I, you know, we talk about disruptive innovations, mm -hmm. but how about innovations that are born of disruption? Yes. Because, you know, our world has been disrupted by this pandemic and the social issues that come into play. And I don't think, you know, it's, it's a mistake. And I don't think that we are at the end of it. I think that we're ending the year, but we're not resolving the issues. Mm -hmm. Don't think that just because, you know, we're gonna start in a new year, that January 1st, all of a sudden, all the issues that we were dealing with this year uh, have been resolved. Like COVID has an expiration date of 2020, uh, yeah. December and, 31st. And, and, and social justice has an expiration <laughs> date. Look December how, 31st. Yeah, look how we, we still have recently in, in New York at a hotel, mm -hmm. uh, a young 14-year-old African-American kid who was yep. accused of stealing a phone mm -hmm. by a Caucasian woman. That tried to cost him. Yeah, yes. and, and it goes back to who he is as a mm -hmm. person. Yep. And, you know. But they're looking for her now. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, 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 I look, I, I feel for her in the sense that she is blinded. Yes. You understand? She's part of that spiritual blindness that manifests itself in, you know, issues of race and ethnicity and, and, and prejudice and, and, and classifications of people. You know, um, I, that's, that's, that's all part of it. You know, um, another word, uncertainty. Yes. Because we have had to live in a world of uncertainty. And for us in the West, that's tough because we <laughs> like certainty. Yes. We want conclusion. We want answers. That's why they have some of them have a problem with Christianity. Uh, yeah, because Christianity is a mystery. Yes, there's a lot there of mystery. There are things that we know and things that we don't know. And even the stuff we know is in part. Uh, exactly. Come on, man. You're <laughs> preaching it there. That's right. Right out of 1 Corinthians yes. chapter 13, mm -hmm. you know, beginning in verse 9. Yep. You know, we know in part. We prophesy in yes. part. You know, we understand in part. We see in part. You know, uh, that which is perfect hasn't come yet. Mm -hmm. So we are handicapped by partial knowledge, partial information, you know, partial understanding, yes. and yet we work through it. But we want a, we want certainty. Mm -hmm. But we were forced to live in uncertainty. Yep. And when you day. live in uncertainty like that, you've got to trust. Yep. You've got to have faith. So the question is, what is your trust in? Mm -hmm. Who is your trust in? What is your foundation? Yep. So that forces us to ask these questions. Uh, fear. Yes, a lot of that. A lot of fear. Uncertainty opens the door for fear to come in. Uncertainty opens the door for, for fear, fear to, to come, come in. in. Yeah, because we feel secure when we're sure, when yes. we're certain. Yep. Remove that surety. Remove that certainty. Mm -hmm. Now fear has an opportunity to challenge us, mm -hmm. you know, and mess with our head. <laughs> you know, I think of confusion. And that's the word 
that I see most socially and politically. Okay. Confusion. Because I think of Satan as the deceiver of the nations, right? Mm -hmm. And a nation is a, a politically organized community of people, you know, it, with its, you know its, its social system structures, its institutions, its traditions, its symbols, its values, its technologies, you know, all of that. And, 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 and Jesus said Satan's a liar, yep. right? He's a liar from the beginning and a murderer. And the murder that Jesus was talking about was not the murder of, 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 of Abel by Cain. Mm -hmm. He was talking about the, the, the entrance of death as a result of Satan's deception of Adam and Eve. Yes. You, you understand? You get into somebody's theology right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> deception creates confusion mm -hmm. between what is true and what is false. Yes. I'm going to say that again. Yes, please. All right? All right? Deception creates confusion about what is true and what is false. So in this whole year, uh, which is not, it didn't just start this year. It, it goes back, you know, four years. Fake news. Yes. All yep. right? Mm -hmm. Fake and false information, falsified information, disinformation, yep. misinformation. So now we're, we're living in an environment where there's confusion because we, we are struggling to determine what is truth and what is lies? Yeah, because there's organizations that had to campaign on disinformation. I, they purposely pumped out disinformation. Yeah, and social media yep. gives mm -hmm. everybody a platform and a voice yep. so that they can say whatever they want, and it doesn't have to be fact-checked. That's why I tell my daughter, I said, be mindful, watch the TikTok. You know, she, she always come to me asking questions, <laughs> but no, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. Let's have a Bible study now because of it. Because even on TikTok, everybody has a platform, and they watching that. Yeah, yeah, and, and the dangerous thing about confusion is that confusion changes the rules of human interaction. Ooh, confusion that, changes the rules it changes of the human rules. interaction. Because now we're operating out of fear. Yep. Think about when God confused the languages. Yep, in All right, Tower of Babel. It, it created division because people were now afraid of each other because there was a breakdown in communication. Mm -hmm. So confusion changes the rules in terms of human interaction. Yes. We it opens for violence and aggression and all of these other things to come in. Because confusion is what? We can't distinguish or we're having trouble distinguishing between what is truth yep. and, 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 and what is lie. And here, important thing, you know, I just jotted this down as we were talking. You know, spiritual confusion leads to social and political disorder. Spiritual, spiritual confusion, confusion leads to social, social and political, and political disorder. disorder. Disorder, a break mm -hmm. in order. Yes. Right? Because remember, everything is spiritual. Yes. Everything flows out of a spiritual base. What we see in the physical realm, the realm that is visible, comes, is born of, is influenced by that realm that is invisible. Yeah, and that's good. And, and, and if, if, if you notice how they attack the whole concept and leave it down to mysticism and, you know, mythological, you know, uh, you know stories and stuff like that so that we can, you know, no, we ignore the spiritual and we can be okay with living in a disorder socially and politically. Yeah, and when we talk about prayer, we can't do it tonight, but when we talk about prayer, I was reflecting on the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples when they asked him, well, Lord, you know, teach us to pray. Yes. And he said, our Father, yep. which immediately speaks of, of intimacy, mm -hmm. access, and privilege. Intimacy, access, and privilege. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about yeah. prayer on okay. our Sunday yeah. service. We're gonna continue <laughs> talking about prayer. but. 
when he introduces the term our father to know God as father, it means those three things. And that's very important. Intimacy. Mm -hmm. It means access. It means privilege. Yes. But the next line, he says, which art in heaven. Mm -hmm. And we want to unpack that yep. because he speaks so casually of the existence of another dimension. Mm -hmm. And there is a professor, um, Makiko, I, I, I don't want to get his name right, we'll, we'll bring it up. <laughs> but he is a professor of theoretical physics at CUNY, uh, City University of New York. And he talked about multiple universe, multiple worlds. In fact, he wrote a book called Multiple Worlds. So now science that rejected what they could not embrace based upon empirical study or, or, or scientific reasoning, they're now saying there are other universes. We live in a universe that is multidimensional. So when, when the scripture talks about, you know, praying to your father which is in heaven, and he's going to respond out of heaven and supply your needs out of heaven, we're talking about the interaction, conversation and interaction and influence between two dimensions of existence. Yep. This is biblical. And, and it's, it's necessary because once... And I hope I'm not losing no. you all out there because that's not the conversation we want to have today. We're going to talk about it on Sundays but in prayer. Necessary because then you have to ask the questions: How do how do things work in heaven compared to in this reality, right? Because you know, even from uh, when we talk about apologetics, we, we acknowledge that there's a physical reality, there's a spiritual reality, and there's a, a direct effect that the spiritual Absolutely. has on Absolutely. the physical reality. And when you look at our Father who is in heaven, and you ask for things to happen here in the physical reality, the question is now: How do things work? in the heaven that is going to come and affect us here exactly. in reality. Exactly. And does it fit with the laws that are happening in, in reality? So then when we look at the, 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 the miracles, okay, let me... Well, let me. Here, here's what scientists <laughs> hypothesize. Mm -hmm. They hypothesize, hypothesize that, that we live in a multiple universes, right? Or multiple many dimensions, mm -hmm. all right? But they're parallel. Yes. And each dimension all right, has a set of laws that are specific to that dimension, even though some of those laws may overlap. Yep. And it is nuanced within each dimension. Mm -hmm. So, and yet, <laughs> those dimensions are parallel, yep. you know, side by side, right next to each other. So we're going to explore some Yeah, no, I, I know, because we, we, yeah. we, we go through that with... Uh, uh, just having our, a conversation with a lot of scientists. Yeah, and the language. Jesus said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Well, mm -hmm. I don't need it when I get to heaven. The stuff that I'm storing up, I need here. <laughs> yes. So I, am I really, is there really such as a bank account? Can I actually store things and have access to them? And the answer is yes. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but we have to see the biblical principles yep. that, that, mm -hmm. that, that govern all of that. But, the, the, but, you know, dwelling in Ephesians 6.12, and I don't know how much time we have. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we're always running out of time, right? <laughs> But in Ephesians 6.12, you know, uh, where Paul says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, you know, the three most striking characteristics of powers, if I may say that, is that number one, powers are, and this is important, the powers that are ruling and influencing and shaping whole societies, because I gave a definition before of nations. These are political systems, right, mm -hmm. and structures. All right, and institutions. All right, the powers are subordinate spiritual beings with delegated authority who have allied with the God of this world. So those powers that he's speaking of are not friendly, mm -hmm. not to humans, yep. all right, or to human society. 
there's an antagonistic relationship. That's why Paul says we are wrestling yes. with them, not with flesh and blood, but against these spiritual beings. So they're subordinate spiritual beings. That's important because they've been deified yes. in many nations throughout history. All right. So behind these so-called deities mm -hmm. are these spiritual forces, right? So, and, and here's the thing that the Apostle Paul teaches in his eschatological uh, uh, understanding of, of principalities and powers, that they are defeated by a revelation of the true nature and purposes of God. Mm. And that's important. That is. And that's why great. teaching ministry yes. is so important. Yep. Because you can hoop and holler and speak in tongues and, 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 and you know, <laughs> do cartwheels and have a spiritual dance. But at the end of the day, all right, these forces are going to test what you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Got it? And yeah. what you know will determine how you respond to them. Yes. And they know scripture. Yes, they do. All right? And that's the thing. They misuse it and mm -hmm. abuse it, but they can read. Yep. They have superior knowledge to our human intellects. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a reality. So I, Paul makes it clear. That's why he prays that, you know, we, that, that the God uh, uh, of Jesus Christ would, would bless us with spiritual understanding, mm -hmm. with wisdom. Yep. All right? And revelation uh, and, 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 and divine knowledge. Because we defeat them by revelation of the true nature and purposes of God. So what was in question in that exchange between Adam and Eve? The nature of God. The, nature of the God. character of God yes. was put on trial. Yep. Essentially, really the mm -hmm. serpent was saying, let me tell you how God really is. He's <laughs> holding out on you. Yep. Yep. He's not as just and as fair. He does not have the kind the of integrity that you yep. think. Yep. He's lying to mm -hmm. you, right? So he challenges their understanding, all right, of the nature of God and his plans and purposes, mm -hmm. what God's intent was toward them. And he presents it as though God's trying to hold them back, hold them down. He says have dominion, mm -hmm. but he doesn't really mean that. So that has been the, the blindness that has been on the eyes of humanity. The God of this world, you know, uh, blinded the minds of men, all right, that they won't see yes. the light of the gospel of Jesus yes. Christ, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. You know, so that spiritual blindness is, is, is dangerous, but it is what Satan uses. Because once you understand the nature of God, if there's anything, and, and I'm overwhelmed right now just talking about this, because coming out of COVID again, it, 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 it took me to a deep level of spirituality and interaction with the spirit of God, right? Which is the heart of God and the mind of God. And, and when you understand the nature of God, his character, yes. right? and his plans and purposes and how those two things work together, it gives you a sense of security. Yes. The blinders are removed and you can't be lied to. No. That's why Paul can say, I'm convinced that neither mm -hmm. height nor depth, yes. angel or principality, yes. powers, <laughs> yes. you know, death or life. That's why he can say, I got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. yes. That's why he can say that because the lies have been removed. The, the veil has been taken away. And remember that he said that that veil still exists today to those who can't see. Mm -hmm. The nature of God and his plans and purposes. So he's clear on God's nature. No one can lie to him about that. He's clear on God's plans and purposes, which, was, which he established in the revelation of his grace from before the foundation of the world. Yep. And, and, and that's why we say, when you, you know, if you're reading, that's, 
if you're reading in Genesis 1-1, it said, in the beginning, God, that statement right there has so much you have to unpack before you even really try to read the rest of it and comprehend it. Because in the beginning, God, what does that mean? Right? Because they say that even when he spoke, if he flowed out of the nature. Mm, yeah. When yeah, he said, let there yeah. be light. That came out of the nature of yeah. God, you know, because he's life, light, and love. Right? Come on, preacher. So, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So when you read that, Genesis 1-1, that's a powerful statement, and you really have to unpack that as a believer. In the beginning, God, what does that mean? Yeah. So, again, you know, <laughs> striking characteristics of the powers, they're subordinated spiritual mm-hmm. beings gone rogue. Yes. You know, yep. allying <laughs> with those who are against God. <laughs> Secondly, they represent... Um, organized evil. Mm, that's good. They represent organized evil, evil embedded in the structure of society and woven into the fabric of the universe. Organized evil. Organized evil embedded evil in, in, f- in society, yes. in social institutions, yep. in, in, in the people who are running them. You know, and I'm not calling people devils. Yeah. Demon is a condition. <laughs> yes. It's not this little imp running around like that. No, yeah. it's a condition. Mm-hmm. It's a condition that one enters when they are in rebellion against God. Because yep. you're in rebellion against truth, against love, against life, against light, against justice. You know, all of that. So you, you, you begin to move away from mm-hmm. that. That creates cause, chaos and confusion. You know, and, and, but they're defeated by our identification with the body of Christ. Because when Jesus said, I will build my church, which is his body, Mm -hmm. right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is this protected group in the world (laughs) that these powers have no authority over. So when when one or two come together (laughs) and pray. Exactly. (laughs) Synergetic. synergetic, One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. So this frustrates the work of Satan because there is this unified body and we're united uh, not with ourselves but by Christ Mm -hmm. and by our identification with Christ. So no matter how much we argue about doctrine (laughs) and and denominationalism (laughs) and politics and everything else, it is our identity with Christ that unifies us. And that creates this, this unit within the world that Satan is still ruling over, mm-hmm. right? And he can't do anything about it, all right? <laughs> now, because we're going to talk about resilience, yes. and we want to get there as quickly as possible. And, and the thing about it is that these powers owe their hold on the world and, and on humanity, all right, mm-hmm. to sin. Sin is what gives them their hold. Mm. Because remember, he's the accuser. Sin is what gives them their hope. That's what gives them the entrance of sin. But how have they been defeated? You know, we have, we have statements by Jesus where he says, you know, be a, uh, in the world you have tribu- tribulation. Yeah, yes. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So yeah. what's that got to do right? with me? You overcame. <laughs> what's that to me? But it, 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 sin is held in check by the unyielding obedience of Christ. Wow. So because so of one man's can't, obedience. You can't, you, can't, you, can't go, you can't skip that. You can't skip that. Sin is held in check by in the check. un- Yeah, so the accuser has lost. Obedience There's no condemnation no. to us who yes. are in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Because the accuser has been stripped. Yes. Because sin is now held in check because <laughs> through the disobedience of one man, sin entered the world. Through the obedience of one man, which is Jesus, now righteousness enters yes. the world. So he can no longer hold us to our charge. That's good. Oh, man, this is good. Good Good stuff. Yes, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to stay, you know. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. look, I I don't want to go. Yeah, but but look, 
you know, I think about Paul's uh, message to Timothy where he says that in the last days perilous times shall come, you know, men will be lovers of pleasure and all that. And prophetically, that extends to, to, to where we are now, but giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Yes. Now, that's important language because um, to seduce is to, to attract someone um, to, how can I put it, to a belief or a course of action that's inadvisable. Okay, a belief right. or course of action that's inadvisable. A belief or a course of action that's inadvisable. That's, that's not what you want to do yep. because the results are not what you think the results will be. So when you're seduced into something, all right, all right, you know, it leads you to a wrong outcome. Yes. An outcome other than what you think is going to come out of it. So, and again, like I said earlier, in order to do that, there has to be some area of your life that's not submitted to God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whether it's your pride, your ambitions, your, your, your ego, whatever it is, you know, it's not your lust, you know, vanity, whatever it is, is not sub- truly submitted to God. So Satan looks for those soft spots, those unsubmitted areas. One of the seven sins. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Sins. You know, yes. um, doctrines of devils, you know, demonically inspired rationalizations of men's mind. And when you rationalize something, it's, 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 it's giving reasoning to justify something that's illogical and irrational. That's sin. That's a sin. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So Paul says that that kind of spiritual activity is going to be very prevalent in the last days mm-hmm. as we go through uh, all of the stuff that, that, that we're in. You know, um, and, and we see this because spiritual blindness, which I talked about, all right, is, is, is inevitable for anyone who worships that which is not Yahweh. Mm. So if you have devotion to something or someone that is not the true God, Idolatry. all right, mm-hmm. spiritual blindness is the inevitability. Yes. You're not going to see. You're not going to see God's nature mm-hmm. correctly. You're not going to see his plans and purposes. And that's where Christianity becomes exclusive in terms of what we believe. And no other religion can claim nope. to know the nature and purposes nope. of God. Nope. They can bring a moral standard. Mm-hmm. This is what we should do to be good in society and to get good and experience mm-hmm. good in society. But when it comes to a revelation of the nature of God, only Christianity. Because even, even in Islam, they, the, the intimacy aspect of God is lost because they believe that he would not come down to mingle with humans. And that's why they have a hard time with this whole concept of Jesus being God. And that was you huge. Know, in the hypostatic union. Absolutely. Yes, it, it, was, it, was, it was huge. So, the incarnation was huge. Yeah, it, it, it was. Anyway, I yeah, won't okay. even go there. Right, we're going to talk right. about that when we talk about prayer. <laughs> you know, but, but think about this. So spiritual blindness is inevitable uh, for anyone who worships that which is not Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But also, if they devote themselves whole, if they devote their wholehearted allegiance, right, to a cause other than Yahweh's eternal purpose of grace. Mm, So you can be attached to a cause and that cause can erroneously become a God to you. Wow. And we've seen this socially, politically, you know, in our nation over the last several years, but especially in this year of 2020 that we've had an election. Yep. You know, look, we've had the greatest turnout 
uh, of people mm -hmm. uh, in the history of American politics. But even with that turnout, there was this deep divide. Yes. You know, so when I, th when I think about, you know, these allegiances, um, this coming uh, Sunday, we're going to have um, uh, Peter King, Congressman Peter King, who is uh, Republican, mm -hmm. and uh, Democratic former governor David Patterson, and we're going to have a conversation about, you know, where we are now moving forward post the election, and they yes. both, you know, are saying, yeah, we got to end the election, take six months off, <laughs> don't talk <laughs> politics, and let's, you know, let's move the country forward. Yes. But the whole idea of nationalism and an and ideology that can be worshipped. Because nationalism is good in the sense that we have a, a nation united by a set of shared values and history and culture and, and traditions and symbolism, etc. But when it becomes a type of nationalism that elevates one people as superior to another people, that's a problem. Oh, oh yes. Now Definitely we're in violation and we're gonna go in the wrong direction yep. in our political thinking, our social thinking, our human interaction, you know, all the conclusions that, that, that we come to. And so this is the reason for Paul's prayer for the spirit of wisdom and, and, and revelation in Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. And in the knowledge of God, he says, his true nature, and his plans and his purposes. We got to cut this yes, we're, I know, because we got to talk about resilience. resilience you know, oh, and, man. And, 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 and it's, it's, resilience is key, especially uh, because resilience is not void of adversity, right? And so you, you, it, resilience is not just something that happens when adversity is over, so I'm bouncing back. No, it's ability to bounce back during adversity. You know, it's not just after it's finished. You know, so we definitely got to talk about uh, well, resilience. You know, I, and maybe we're going to have to talk a little bit more about it, you know, uh, on, on Sunday in service. Um, but adversity uh, of resilience, right? I came across this, this statement on a website, Hello, uh, HelloDriven.com, mm -hmm. uh, and they were yep. talking about resilience. Um, and it had this phrase, advancing despite adversity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. I think that was so cool. Yep. You know, I can't take credit for it, guys. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I found it. I found it. All right. So I don't want to be accused of plagiarism. Yes. Uh, but advancing despite adversity. And what, what I thought about is resilience is, is not something like, like, like your, your, your character, all right, determines how you respond. Yes. You know, our responses to circumstances and situations mm -hmm. doesn't happen in a moment of time. It's yep. rooted in our character, right? And resilience yes. is rooted in how you structure your life. Yes. Yep. That's critical. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, some people are more resilient than other, others in and of themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right? It's because their, their life is structured in a way that allows for resilience. Yes. So when you think about resilience, all right, being based upon how your life is structured, number one, you have to have, like, like you've got to have visions and dreams, a support yes. system, preparedness, practice, mm -hmm. you know, uh, characteristics like persistence. We'll talk about all that. <laughs> but, but it begins with visions and dreams. Yes. All right? So, you know, Proverbs 29, 18, all right? Where there is no prophetic vision, ESV, mm -hmm. the people cast off restraint. Yes. And one of the shades of meaning of that word restraint means become discouraged. Yes. So where there's no prophetic vision, mm -hmm. looking out into the future, right? 
the people become discouraged. Yes. Vision yes. is critical. You know, it's like when the birthing of the church took place on the, on the day of Pentecost. What did the Holy Spirit pour out? What? Visions and dreams. Yes. Yep. Young men, old men, mm -hmm. visions and dreams. So yes. they were critical into the birthing of, of the church. So let me just give some propositions here. Vision is, is the ability to see what could be under perfect conditions and having the determination to work within imperfect conditions to make it happen. Yes, yes, please say that again. Let me try it one more time, that's a long one. Vision is the ability to see what could be under perfect conditions, all right? Yes. Because that's how you plan a vision, all right? But having the determination to work within imperfect conditions to make it happen. Yep. In other words, when you, when you try, try to implement the vision and things get out of whack, you don't quit. Yes. You're willing to work through the imperfect conditions in order to make that vision come to pass. Vision gives you a sense of purpose. Yes. Got it? Vision gives you a sense of purpose. Uh, and dreams, not just visions, but dreams. Mm -hmm. Dreams are the substance of great achievement. Your dreams become greater. Well, I'm sorry. Your dreams must be, just out of some notes here. <laughs> your dreams must be greater than your memories. Yes. I'm going to say that again. Your dreams must be greater than your memories. Mm -hmm. Your faith in the future has to be greater than the disappointments of your past. Yes, say that Because again. if the well, past you know, you, <laughs> is what you glory in, if the past yes. is all you talk mm -hmm. about, then you have no future. Nope. Your dreams have to be greater than your memories yes. because your dreams will fuel you out into the future. Yep. All right? So just, just want to make that statement. If you, if you have dreams, you need goals. And your goals determine your focus. Yes. So resilience is based upon having vision. So basically you're saying that resilience is not something you happen upon, but you intentionally develop Exactly. You. you structure your life yes. in such a way that it allows you the opportunity to be resilient. Yes. When adversity comes. Yep. All right? Mm -hmm. So it comes out of your life structure. Yes. So, so not only do you have to have visions and dreams, all right, but you have to have a support system. You can't be resilient by mm -hmm. yourself. Yes. You need relationships. Relationships is a network for life. Yes. Relationships that will, that will enable you. Uh, I'm sorry, not enable you. Empower you and <laughs> okay. not enable you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get that right. Relationships that will empower you but not enable you. Yes. All right, because when you enable someone, you simply uh, you help them to persist mm -hmm. in negative thinking, negative behavior, destructive behavior, and all that. And, no. then, and then you get statements like, you know how such and such is. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we, we don't accept that. You <laughs> have to have people who stretch you, who mm -hmm. bother you, get mm -hmm. on your nerves because they refuse to let, leave you in mediocrity. Yes. That's very, very That's important. That's You need to get people, have people in your life that bother you and get on your nerves that force you to leave mediocrity. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And when you're, because this was not only disruptive in terms of our health, uh, this COVID environment, but it was disruptive financially to yes. many people. Yep. So I'll tell you what Dr. Cole taught me. Funds come from friends. <laughs> Got that? Yes. And if you need funds and you don't have any friends, you have no funds. <laughs> but if you got friends, you have access to some funds. Funds mm -hmm. come from friends. And that's why relationships is part of being resilient. Yep. You can't be resilient without a vision, all right, mm -hmm. because that fuels you with passion and drive. But you can't, and also you can't be resilient without relationships. No, you can't. You need People, yep. even Jesus had angels come and minister to him after his encounter in mm -hmm. the wilderness with the devil. He had angels come to him at other uh, points in time. He prayed for the Father to strengthen him as he wrestled through what he was facing, the death on the cross. You know, so even he 
It's not solo. (laughs) You need relationships, you know. And I love what Jesus said in in um, in Luke uh, chapter sixteen, verse nine. He was talking about the unjust steward, yes, manager. And the Message Bible says it this way. In other words, Jesus said. In order to be resilient, you need some street smarts. <laughs> yes. Y'all got that? Yes, some street You need some smarts. street smarts. Yep. All right, let me read 16.9, Luke 16.9 in the Message Bible. Now, here's a surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. And why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. <laughs> they are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits, I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what is right, not what is wrong, mm-hmm. for what is good, not what is evil. Using every, love this part, using every adversity to stimulate you to creative survival. Yes. To concentrate your attention on the bare essentials so you'll live, really live, and not complacently just get by on good behavior. So you really live. You really live. <laughs> really live. Uh, stimulate yes. creativity yes. and innovation inside of you. So resilience requires vision, mm-hmm. dreams, it requires a support system of relationships, people around you, right, that you can call on, that you can trust, who you know that will be there for you. It requires preparedness. You know, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yes. You know, you know that. Proverbs 22, 3 uh, in the Living Bible, it says, a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Mm. Powerful verse, the Living Bible. Proverbs 22, 3. And so, so we're talking about, about visions and dreams, all mm-hmm. right, as part of the structure of your life, support system, your relationships, preparedness, mm-hmm. anticipating difficulty, anticipating tough times, having a rainy day account, <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, and practice. This is so important. Private practice determines public performance, yes. right? On the playing field. How you handle both large and small everyday challenges will make the difference when the big challenges come. Yep. How you handle small, everyday, everyday small challenges. Yeah, it's not doing the extraordinary thing. It's doing the ordinary things extraordinarily well. well. Yep. That's what we've learned. Mm-hmm. So resilience is, is, is a key quality to successful people. It is. And, and the qualities of, of, of resilient people are passion. All mm-hmm. right? They have a passion for life. They, they're their own or someone else's life or, or some cause. They're passionate about a cause or a calling. They're willing to burn the midnight oil, suffer the pain of discipline. They understand the power of delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. So they exercise patience because patience protects you from deception. We're rolling here. We're <laughs> yeah, rolling here. I put, I put a, a passion. There's, there's, when, when you have passion, you, you don't need an alarm clock. Come on. You get up. <laughs> yes. You get up on your yes. own because you're so excited. <laughs> yep. You want the day mm-hmm. to begin. Yep. All right. Forgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, resilient people forgive, know how to forgive themselves. Yep. Some people hold stuff against themselves yes. for a lifetime or against other people. Yep. So you're carrying the burden of someone else's sin against you. Forgive yourself, forgive others. Yes. Uh, uh, and resilient people, they refuse to let failures and, failures and hurts from the past define them. Yep. They refuse to allow their past to define them. Mm-hmm. They have a positive interpretation of past events. That's important. I can't say that enough. I had yes. that in my book, Happiness Is, and, mm-hmm. and the Principles of Happiness. All right, they have a positive interpretation of past events. Let me just say this to you. Get this. Get this. When you are haunted by the past, 
and worried about the future, it makes it difficult to experience the presence. Mm. You cannot enjoy the presence. The presence of I'm God or the present? Both. <laughs> Both. Boom. Yes. I'm going to say it again. All right? Yes. <laughs> when you, and this is not something I found. This is something mm. that I crafted. Just think. That is good. When you are haunted by the past. Can I tell you how many people mm -hmm. continue to be haunted by their past? All right? Either they, 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 they haven't asked forgiveness for it. Yep. Or they have asked forgiveness but don't believe they were forgiven. Mm, that's good. So that past continues to haunt them. Yep. So when you're haunted <laughs> by the past and worried about the future, mm -hmm. it makes it difficult to experience the present. Wow, that's good. They cannot enjoy. Come on, say, say, say it with me. I, my past does not define me. <laughs> Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Resilient people are people that are filled with hope. Yes. That's an optimistic desire of a better future. Yep. We talked about mm -hmm. hope in one of our Sunday messages. All right? They, they're faithful people. They have a strong belief that you can achieve the future that you're hoping for. A wonderful uh, line from Calvin Coolidge, all right? Uh, he was the 30th, I think, president of the United States. He said this, nothing in the world, because the next thing is persistence. Yes. Resilient people yep. are persistent people. Mm -hmm. All right? Sometimes they'll get on your nerve because they're so persistent. All right? But they're persistent <laughs> with realistic optimism. Yes. Nothing, this is what Coolidge said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Mm -hmm. Genius will not. The world, uh, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education <laughs> will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. <laughs> persistence and domination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problem of the human, human mm, race. That's Calvin great. Coolidge. So, you know, I, like King David, you got to be able to, resilient people know how to encourage themselves, yes. but they still need a network yep. of relationships around them. Let me end with this, all right? Because I'm, 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 I'm on express train here. Yeah, no, that's good, because I, I had convictions is yeah, another yeah, part. Yeah, I, you I, know, it's another element in there. of it. Yeah, you know, my list is a short list. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. said this, the true measure of a person, of a man, is not where he stands in days of comfort and convenience, mm -hmm. but where he stands in days of controversy and trouble. Mm -hmm. That is the true measure of the individual. Adversity with opportunity. Yes. That's where we are. Threat with promise. Yep, yep. And that's good. That's where we are. That's really Gosh. good. Uh, well, it's not midnight. So well, No, it's not. <laughs> but can I, because can I, I hadn't made a reference to a scripture. And I, I gave the wrong scripture. The scripture that I was referencing was James 1, 2 through 4. And, and I, 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 it's in a message Bible. Count it all joy. Yes, count it all yeah, joy. Yeah, but yeah. in the message Bible, he just said, he says, consider a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. He said, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, no deficient, uh, no deficient, not deficient in any way. Mm. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. Come on. You'll get his help and won't be condescending, uh, I mean, um, yeah, condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly. Believingly, without a second thought, people who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. 
Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Hey, we, just, we could have just read that verse. That would have been it. That would have been the message right there. You know, and, and, and let me just say this to you. You may say, well, well, Pastor Bernard, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't want to know what I'm faced with, my family, finances, et cetera, and you're telling me to, to you know, be strong and be courageous. Uh, you, you know, you really don't understand, you know, where I'm at and what I've gone through. How about this? There's someone who does understand. Yes. And that's God. Yes. And he said, be of good cheer. Yes. So get mad with him. <laughs> Don't get mad with me. Get mad with him because he understands everything that you go through and he's still telling you, be of good cheer. In other words, there's reason to hope. Yeah. There's reason to believe, to exercise your faith. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So we are exiting 2020 and entering 2021. Thank God that, that he's broken time down into these bits and pieces so that we can have a new morning, yes. a new day, a new week, yes. a new month, a new year, a new decade, uh, a new century. Yes. You know, that's it. Yep. He's the God that makes all things new. Yes. Hallelujah. This is good. This is good. I'm, I'm, that was a lot. You gave I know, him I know, a, a I know. lot of... All right. uh, <laughs> well, you can spend the rest of the year, 2021, unpacking yes. this message yes. because it's available, right? Yep. We're going to replay mm -hmm. it again yep. and again. Uh, it will be part of our library. But listen, you know, I, I, again, you defeat spiritual forces, spiritual darkness and spiritual blindness, all right, with a revelation of God's nature and his plans and his purpose, purposes. That's so important. Mm -hmm. You can hoop and holler and scream and shout all you want, but at the end of the day, you've got to know the character of your God. Your Heavenly Father loves you more than you could ever imagine or understand what that love means. This is good. This is good. Boom. <laughs> I didn't boom last week. I forgot no, you last did. Sunday. That's because my no boom was so nice and awesome. Oh, you know, geez, it was just... <laughs> there we go. I got, a, I, I, got a, I got something for you. You got something for me? Yeah. Sunday in oh, Sunday service. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yes, indeed. Praise the Lord. Uh, how do you want to close? Uh, I'm, how, I'm trying well, to sense. Know, I hope there's some worship and Oh, no, we are. We're going to go back into. Because, um, you know, after yes. we, we, that'll help us kind of process yes. all of this in our, in our spirit. And what's beautiful, though your mind may not be able to, to capture all of this, your spirit does. Yes. And your spirit, along with the Holy Spirit, will bring these things back to your remembrance and give you greater clarity and understanding. So don't be frustrated. Yep. <laughs> so let's pray. Can I pray yeah, real quick yeah. before we move? Come on. Let's do it. Father God, thank you so much for this amazing word. Lord, we pray and ask that this word does not return to you void, but it will dig roots and bear good fruit. So we ask that you just touch our mind to retain the necessary things that speak specifically to where we are in our lives. Touch our hearts to, 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 to receive, even though we might be wrestled with some of the truths that were preached today, Lord, that we are able to receive it. So, Lord, we ask that you have your way. Set us up for uh, not just a happy and prosperous new year, but a happy and prosperous year. Hmm. Let 2021 be uh, the place where you fulfill some of the dreams and promises that you have made to the individuals in 2020, 2019. So, Lord, we surrender and submit this year fully to you, saying have your way, and we will walk with the mindset 
Hallelujah. Of resilience. Hallelujah. That we will be able to move in spite of adversity. We will be able to bounce back quick to recover. So, Lord, we ask that you just have your way. We pray for the relationships that need to be fostered in our lives, that need to be developed so that we can create a, a, a group of individuals that will help us be resilient. Yes, we Lord. pray for our character right now that you will constantly you commit continually to reveal the things necessary that we need to get rid of mm. that might be hindering yes. the resilience. But Lord, more so, we pray for those areas in our lives that the devil seeks to influence or to use to hurt us as Christians. So reveal ourselves to us, Lord. Let us see who we really are so we can confidently and boldly work on ourselves. So we become the Christians you have called us to be, representing Christ in culture. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we ask that you have your way. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus that this prayer will not go on deaf ears, but it's going on the ears of a God who can and will, Mm. a God who is able. Hallelujah. The creator of all. So we submit this at the throne, at the altar. Humbly saying, thank you for allowing us access to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to come into the innermost courts in an intimate relationship with you. So, Lord, our Father. Hallelujah. We call on. Abba. Yes. Father, we call on right here, right now. So we ask that you have your way in Jesus' precious name. name. Amen. 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 Good prayer. Our Father. Yes. <laughs> intimacy, access, yes. and privilege. Yes. And we're going to unpack that. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we hope you've been blessed with our service this evening. We hope that it's given inspiration and transformation, yes. right? It's been inspirational and transformational. And transformational. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think I need to start wearing my my reading glasses. I hit 43 and I have to start reading reading glasses. There it is. I'm going to have to start using the iPad. I can't get away with the phone anymore. I need it, right? (laughs) This is how you do it. You can see into the future with these. That's true. Give me my glasses. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we leave this place with never God's presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it. We proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless you, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you, and God bless.